Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that helps you practice happiness using the principles of play theory. I'm Laurie Florence, and I'll be your host of episode 136. Sorry, I didn't get an episode out last week. I was in the middle of the Shakespeare in the Park show run for Take Note Troops Romeo and Juliet. With typical theatrical shows, once the show opens, there's a big load off the directorial staff as the stage is set, and all that remains is for the cast and crew to show up at call time to check mics and run a few numbers or run through any stage combat as needed. When we set up for our Shakespeare in the Park shows, we have to set up the stage and set for each venue, and each venue is a different size that has its own limitations that affect entrances and exits and where to set up the wings. All of that means we need to run more blocking and choreography than a regular show. Also, our audiences for the park shows tend to show up an hour and a half before the show to set up a picnic blanket and enjoy dinner before the show. This makes for a much earlier call time for the cast and for the directors so we can get set pieces set pieces in place and run numbers before the audience is there watching us. And every time we change venues, um, for this run we had four park locations, it takes a lot of extra time to load in the set and make all of the decisions about the space. For example, some stages have overhead trusses to hang drapes from and some don't. One stage that we performed on needed to accommodate the audience passing through our backstage area to get to the restrooms. Another has a path that's a raised walkway that crosses behind our stage. Long story short, I underestimated how much time I had last week. The late nights and the company that came to town to see the shows also made it impossible for me to record an episode, which brings me to a very important request. If you're listening to the podcast each week and want me to continue with a weekly episode, will you please let me know? You can email me at lareeflorence at gmail.com. That's L-A-R-E-E-F-L-O-R-E-N-C-E at gmail.com. I would love your feedback about how often I should post an episode. The original intent of this podcast was to help others mindfully practice happiness by sharing insights coupled with weekly goals we call the play of the week. Intention coupled with consistent action is needed to get the most benefit from the ideas shared in this podcast. I'm grateful to those who have expressed appreciation for this effort, and I'm happy to continue to produce these episodes if they're helpful. I don't need to hear myself talk, though, if there's not an interest in what I have to say, which is a really hard thing to gauge in this medium. So if you're out there and this is helping and you want me to continue, please let me know. You can also let me know on our Instagram account, The Happiness Playbook, if you follow and comment there. How did you do with episode 135's Play of the Week? Were you able to stop trying to stop 
something you wanted to stop and instead accept it and build on it and redirect it? Were you able to recognize and accept that there's a reason or need behind whatever that negative choice is? And then were you able to build a better way to meet that need? It's a big concept, but bottom line, it's far easier to redirect energy than to stop it. Think about the last time you tried to stop eating a specific type of junk food. White knuckling it and denying yourself of that pleasure only exaggerates the thing in your mind, making it loom larger and larger. Instead, when that craving kicks in for whatever the forbidden item is, if you can redirect your thoughts to an acceptable choice till the craving subsides will be far more beneficial. You get the idea. Instead of just saying no, say, I choose this instead. That is the power of the play theory principle of accepting and building. This week, we're covering the fourth principle, looking outward. This one is essential if you want to feel connection, community, and purpose. And remember, in a previous episode, we learned that having a sense of purpose is tied to improved overall well-being and longevity. That is good stuff. And I honestly think a lot of our world's woes would dissolve if the majority of us were looking outward instead of inward. I've been listening to a fun podcast lately called The Perfectly Honest Podcast by Michael and Kiana Anderson. They're a young married couple with a one-year-old baby boy. Their banter about the ups and downs of this stage of their life is refreshing and helps me feel gratitude that I'm past those early days of family building, complete with sleep deprivation and having to deal with all the effluvia of another human being. Effluvia is your fun vocabulary word for the day. It means bodily fluids. I remember one long car ride home from a family vacation when my five-year-old son, Corbin, got the stomach flu. In his discomfort, he would writhe and twist and even yell out while vomiting repeatedly in our car loaded with seven people and all of our luggage. <laughs> Not a fun time for any of us enduring those 10 hours in the car. Following Michael and Kiana's theme of being perfectly honest, that was not a time I relished being a mom. Life is not all one-sided. There are good times and bad times, positive aspects and negative aspects. The play theory principles can't protect us from the downsides, but they can help us get through them. When my son Corbin's stomach flu ordeal happened, it took a lot of looking outward to get through it. I had to keep reminding myself to consider his needs and how miserable he was and look outward to think of ways that I could ease his suffering despite my own discomfort. Thinking of him is what helped me to endure it. Are there times you're suffering that looking outward could help? This show run leading up to Romeo and Juliet was a really tough time for me personally. 
I had a lot of issues that I was dealing with that left me worn out and emotionally raw. It took a lot of looking outward just to show up at rehearsals. I got mono at some point during the run, which leaves you with a sore throat and a headache at night. It really zapped my energy and it lasted for about a full month. In the fourth week of enduring the nightly headache that came on after 7 p.m., I was practically holding my head in my hands at a rehearsal for Romeo and Juliet. It only added to my misery when all of the others in the room chose to ignore my discomfort or were not able to recognize another person in pain. When Camille, one of our cast members, approached me during a break and asked how I was doing and offered to give me a hug, it made a huge difference. I really appreciated her acknowledgement of my discomfort and interest in my well-being. By the way, this is the same Camille that taught play theory to her class in grade school that we interviewed back in episode 62. I think that is a common malady in our culture, taking others for granted who show up and serve without complaint. The majority of the teens in the show that I was directing while I was not feeling well expressed no gratitude or appreciation for my service. And this is in a group that has been exposed to the play theory principles regularly. I am just as guilty as them. I attend a church regularly that is led by all laymen, meaning volunteers who are not paid. I seldom acknowledge or thank others in this community for their service. I am sad to say that I am sometimes critical of others' volunteer efforts. There are professions that are paid but are undercompensated for their time and expertise. Just ask any teacher. Consider the population that most teachers are working with. Immature humans who developmentally are very self-centered. Talk about a thankless job. And don't get me started on the mom job. Women literally put their lives on the line to give birth. We're insulated from the possibility because it happens less than it used to, but women do die giving childbirth even today. My own mom almost died while having my oldest sister. Then she was brave enough to have my brother and me. I know she almost died again while giving birth to me. Birthdays, in all honesty, really should be about thanking the person that made our births possible at a supreme sacrifice and high risk to themselves. And that's just the tip of the sacrifices moms make for their children. There's all the physical stuff like stretch marks and being nauseous for months, the weight gain, and bigger feet. Did you know that feet can grow with pregnancy? Mine did. I had to go buy all new shoes. It's a big deal to grow another human body inside your body. There's a lot that goes into it, and I think people take it for granted. And I think that can lead to resentment, entitlement, and a lack of respect. There are a lot of others in our community that are not given the proper gratitude that they deserve. I have a friend who's a retired EMT and a firefighter. 
He is in almost constant pain from the back injuries he sustained on the job trying to save others' lives. Military personnel put themselves in harm's way in order to secure our freedoms. I could go on and on about the overlooked contributions of others in our culture and society. What would happen if we looked outward and noticed these sacrifices? What if we saw them and acknowledged them? We can't know how much another person is suffering or how close they are to giving up. But I do know that our acknowledgement of their service and recognition of their pain can lessen the negative. Just like it did when Camille asked how I was doing because she could see that I was not feeling well. Her hug didn't instantly cure me or take away the pain I was feeling, but it gave me strength to carry on and hope that my efforts were seen and therefore worth it. If I'm being perfectly honest, I also need to share how the lack of this principle of looking outward can ruin things. In our show, Romeo and Juliet, that just closed, there were some participants that were pretty self-serving, and this inward energy grew into a force that overtook the overall positive feeling of the show. In past shows, there's been a feeling of unity and joy by the time the show opens that just wasn't present this time. There were too many participants that didn't share in the overall outcome of the story. There were some individuals who wanted their own outcome, such as more time with a love interest or time just to hang out with their friends backstage. And because of this self-interest, they didn't look outward and notice a volunteer director who was in pain or see a need in a scene that they could meet or notice a problem in the performance that they were causing. Some thought nothing of wasting others' time. Saying this may make some wonder if such a cast could have a positive show. They did have a great show, but it could have been so much more. They lost an opportunity to feel the power of the unity and creation that can only come when there is earnest consideration for one another and self-interest is set aside. There was power in storytelling that some forfeited by settling for going through the motions and doing just enough to get by instead of being all in. Does this lack of being able to look outward mean those participants are selfish teenagers? Absolutely not. The majority of them are kind, considerate kids when they notice you. It's that noticing bit that is challenging for them. They tend to miss things. Looking outside of themselves, that was what so many were lacking. Just like any other skill, they needed to practice it in order to develop it. There were a few in the cast who were very skilled in looking outward. And honestly, this is what saved the show. Before one of the performances in the park, I was talking to Amber, a volunteer with Take Note Troop who leads a workly play theory class at a school for high school aged 
foster teens who are wards of the state. I had led this weekly group for five years before Amber graciously stepped in. COVID had disrupted the group, and I was asking her how it was now going. She said, It's been going great. And as a matter of fact, the kids from the group are attending the performance tonight, and here they are. Just then, about 10 of these youth had arrived. They approached Amber to shake hands and hug her. She then turned and introduced me as the originator and founder of Play Theory, the person who made their Play Theory group possible. I was uncomfortable by her praise, but then I saw the look in some of these youth's eyes as they turned collectively to look at me. One young man stepped forward with extended hand and while earnestly shaking mine said, Thank you. Thank you so much. There were a few other expressions of gratitude and acknowledgments, and then they had to hurry off to find their seats as the show was about to start. I was struck by the contrast between this group's gratitude for my service for them that came at a distant... They, they didn't see me every week, but they had an understanding of the contribution that I had made for their experience. And I contrasted that with the performing cast's overall lack of consideration for my weekly sacrifice in leading them. It is true that more often than not, those that did say thank you who were in our group were those that have also experienced a struggle themselves. I think our lack of want can make us blind to others' struggles. We will all have occasion to suffer and struggle, which will involuntarily expand our vision to see more outwardly as our pain enables us to empathize with others who are also in pain. How much more joy could we feel now, though, if we voluntarily sought to see others' needs and acknowledge their service before we are suffering and in pain. Such awareness would cultivate gratitude, and gratitude is a huge component of happiness. Interestingly, there was a lot of grumbling among this Romeo and Juliet show's cast members that was expressed in a group on an app aptly named Discord. Nothing sows discord and discontent quite as fast as ingratitude. Well, sometimes inspiration comes as a hopeful invitation leading to desired possible outcomes, and other times it comes as a warning of what not to do in order to avoid an undesirable outcome. This episode has turned into more of the latter. So, Here's this episode's Play of the Week. I hope that you'll take a hard look at where you are missing things. Maybe there's a place that you are ungrateful or someone that you're you're not acknowledging their service and sacrifice for your behalf. If you are missing something and you take the time to look outward and see it, I hope you'll do something. I hope you'll say words 
write a message, take action to right a wrong. Look outward and change the trajectory of that part of your life. I'm sad that our latest show ended on a less than positive note for myself, but I can honestly say I couldn't have given any more service at this time in my life, given all I have been dealing with. Despite the negatives, I try to consistently look outward and encourage and compliment where it was appropriate and to strengthen those around me. Because I did look outward, I feel at peace despite the less than positive outcome I experienced due to some of the cast's self-interest and lack of looking outward. It's a rare situation where everyone is looking outward, and I'm truly grateful for the many leaders and majority of participants that did look outward during this show run. This generosity is what makes good things possible, and such goodness is often reward in itself. And that is why there are so many unsung, self-sacrificing heroes among us. Moms, teachers, EMTs, volunteer directors, volunteer helpers, and other volunteer church leaders, to name a few. What if we started to sing the praises of these tireless powerhouses with a servant's heart? What if we celebrated them even one-tenth as loudly as we do music artists or Oscar-winning actors? Maybe then the rising generation would aspire to also look outward. Maybe they would overcome the natural tendency to look inward. Maybe more needs would be met. Maybe more sorrows would be soothed. Maybe more hope could be restored. Hope is a powerful force. Unacknowledged sacrifice destroys hope. The hope that you're making a difference. The hope that your efforts are worth it. The hope that you are seen and are making a positive contribution. What if we all just woke up and looked around and saw each other and the efforts we are each making to help one another? I wonder what would happen. I've seen the positive power of this in action and the erosive results of a lack of this intention by even a small portion of a group. Looking outward and seeing one another is powerful. Give it a try and see for yourself. I hope you'll let us know what you think of this episode. And again, I'd love to hear from you if you value the weekly episodes. I hope you remember that happiness is a skill and that it takes intention and effort to develop it. Thank you for practicing it with me here on the Happiness Playbook. Till next time, remember... Happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen.